Welcome everyone to another installment of the Lemon Abner 30 minute episode. This is your host Keith and I just wanted to take a few moments to introduce a few tidbits of trivia and a couple of comments uh, along with these shows because I really like Lemon Abner and uh, the comments largely are drawn from Jot em Down Journals, the official publication of the Lemon Abner Society. They're no longer in print, but they can be found if you know where to look out there on the World Wide Web. And so without further ado, here is me reading some excerpts uh, from some articles. So take it away, Keith. Continuing on with the article by Roz Rogers on the Lumanabnerese language of Pine Ridge. There are several marks by which a researcher can readily identify an original Luman Abner scroll. One of them is the use of sound effect. The phrase sound effects almost never appears. There are sound effects indicated, however, but they are thrown right into the dialogue, distinguished by a whole lot of parentheses. Lum, I granny, it's Abner. If we don't sell left parenthesis, left parenthesis, left parenthesis, telephone, right parenthesis, right parenthesis, right parenthesis, all this curly Q candy before Christmas, we ain't never gonna get shot of it. Several speeches later, they decide to answer the phone. Generally speaking, there were only four basic sound effects. One, door. Two, telephone for incoming calls. Three, ring phone for outgoing calls. And four, click, meaning hang up the phone. And Lum, being the taller of the two, handled all these operations himself. A second distinguishing mark of an original Lum and Abner is the fact that all the characters spoke in capital letters whenever they talked on the telephone. It is not known whether the people at the other end of the line also spoke in uppercase because we never got to hear them talk. Probably the outstanding characteristic of Lumen Abnerese is its economical use of words, letters, and punctuation. For example, in all words ending with ing, it did away with the final g as well as all apostrophes. And on such words as there and where, it eliminated the final E. Lum. Dad, blame it, Abner. Where do you file that bill from the wholesale house? Abner, right there where it belongs, under H. If you try pronouncing those two words without the final E, you notice they come out sounding like there and were, which is the proper way to pronounce them in Lum and Abner E's. The language also eliminated the language also eliminated all ly endings on adverbs. Listen to the following examples. He'll do it eventual. He ain't actual sick. If you ask me that confidential, I'd say he was complete touched in the head. The article an was also done away with completely. Better take a long umbrella. A elephant never forgets. The language also introduced new, shorter words for old ones. Ort for ought, and ornt for ort not. Uh, that is for ought not. 
It achieved a wealth of economy in combining words into single, shorter forms. Good ones become good urns. Young ones became youngins. The supreme achievement here came with a cavalier tossing out of the use of a lot of auxiliary verbs. One word can do the work of three. Compare he would have not gone anyway with he wouldn't have went no ways. See how much simpler that is? And stronger too. If Lum and Abner had written the words to the musical My Fair Lady, Eliza Doolittle, instead of singing I could have danced all night, would have sung I could have danced all night. And depending on how many choruses of that she sings in the play, that one sentence alone could have got the audience out of the theater a good deal earlier. A truly remarkable facet of Loman Abnerese is its introduction of interchangeable nouns and verbs. No other language has this feature. Take the noun hermit, for example. On more than one occasion, Lum threatens to go up into the hills and hermit himself or in more dire circumstances, to suicide himself. In another situation, Abner was worried that they might starvation themselves to death. And in lighter moments, Cedric was known to prank his friends. On the other hand, perfectly good verbs wound up as nouns. That sure was a grand 4th of July celebrate. Lemon Abner further sought to simplify their language by disregarding the old notion that subjects and predicates had to agree in number. The speaker was free to use whatever form of the verb, singular or plural, that happened to strike his fancy at the moment. We was both there, but most moose weren't. I thought him and you was going fishing. If you want my opinion, there is something fishy going on there. They also reduced the worry over verb tenses. Any tense would work just fine in any situation. Furthermore, there were some verbs, such as the verb asked, which could serve as both past and present tense, right in the same sentence. Abner, I told you a hundred times to hesh up, and I'm only going to ask you one more time. Lemon Abnerese left the personal pronoun substantially intact, with two exceptions, the third person plural them was shortened to M, with no apologetic apostrophe preceding it. Please note, and the third person singular it was expanded to hit. Hit ain't going to do no good to learn them. However, hit was only used in the nominative case. When you got into the objective or accusative case, the H was dropped. He would never say don't pick hit up. That is awkward to say, in addition to be incorrect usage. Even Cedric wouldn't make that error. Double negative, which are universally frowned upon rather sternly, were not only acceptable in Lemon Abnerese, they were cherished and they were handled with artful ease. A native could, without batting an eye, toss off such sentences as he can't hardly hear nothing. He don't he don't never go nowheres no more. Do those sentences leave any doubt to the true meaning? Of course not. They certainly fulfill the basic purpose of language, which is clear communication. So what's all this fuss about double negatives? Loman Abner can also be credited with introducing into the language such highly descriptive new words as slaggered, 
in such new forms of old words as he has got the one trackedest mind I ever run up again. Lemon Abnerese demonstrated a remarkable grasp of the roots and derivations of the words. For example, if a man runs a barber shop, as Lum did, or attempted to do, it is certainly logical that he would be called the head barbarian. Likewise, it would be an obvious error to refer, as Squire Skimp did, to Lum's barbershop as a tonsorial palace. Any idiot would know that a tonsorial palace could only be a place where they take out your tonsils. There was a nice intensity to the language. No one in Pine Ridge would simply love someone, or hate him, as the case may be. He would do nothing short of saying, I love and admire him, or I hate and despise him. There were no lesser degrees. A Pine Ridgian would also never be guilty of making a flat statement such as, Enjoy that speaker. He would put it more like this, I tell you, there's the best any one out loud talker I ever sat under. Now that has color. Another advantage of the language is that it reduced the embarrassment over misspelled words. With this rigid system of inconsistent spelling, who could ever tell when a word was misspelled? Possibly the greatest contribution of Lemonade Nerese was its effort to bestow respectability on that bane of existence of every high school grammar teacher, the dreaded run-on sentence. It was here that the run-on sentence came into its glory. Pine Ridge would have been lost without it. Try this one on for size. Abner, I wish you'd listen to me when I keep telling you for goodness sake, don't wake up your papa, because that's the only time I don't mind having him round the store, is when he's asleep. Let's see you grammar purists diagram that one. Well, I think that is sufficient introduction to the ancient culture and language of the Lemon Abnerological Age. From here on, you're strictly on your own, and I wish you the very best success in your philological and sociological studies and research. Sincerely and academically yours, Roswell Rogers. And now a word on today's episode D. This show, the air date is November 21st, 1948. And it is the Thanksgiving episode, and it is something like Rowena has Thanksgiving dinner with Lum, I think is the title. He, of course, continues his romance of Rowena by bragging about his wealth and importance, which, of course, he does not have. And so he borrows the house of uh, Walt Bates, I think it is, the richest man in town. And he uh, recruits uh, Abner and Ben Withers and Cedric to pose as his servants, which, of course, in the world of comedy, she doesn't recognize who they are, even though she's met them all on previous episodes. But uh, amazingly, uh, they don't have Chester the turkey on this episode, who on the 15-minute days, Chester the turkey was a... A, a go-to theme, uh, a live turkey that Lemon Abner always had uh, trouble in uh, putting to the axe, let's say. But hey, you never know. Maybe the turkey in this story is Chester. Maybe they finally got around. 
to do in the deed. But hey, there's uh, a little extra twist that happens, so get ready for the explosive ending on this show. All right, uh, and uh, thanks for reading that, um, Keith. <laughs> uh, in case I have what I already said so, uh, you can find more about Loma Abner by visiting the Loma Abner Society's webpage. Uh, do a Google, do a Google search for them, or I believe the URL is lumandabner.org, all ran together, one word. And you can also find more information on Facebook. There is a group, the Lum and Abner Radio Group, which is chock full of lots of fans of Lum and Abner and all things Pine Ridge. Ask your questions. There are plenty of fans who would love to talk to you about Lemon Abner and join the conversation. So with that said, let's get on with the show. And thanks for listening. Looking on the little community of Pine Ridge today, we find the old fellows in their jot-em-down store. Lum is talking on the telephone. Listen. Well, this sure is a pleasant surprise, Miss Rowini. <laughs> Why, sure, Miss Rowini. Why, sure, Miss Rowini. Oh, but yes, Miss Rowini. Oh, but beans, Miss Rowini. <laughs> oh, that'll be just wonderful, Miss Rowini. Oh, Lord, me. Yes, Mom. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, Granny Zadner, guess who that was? <laughs> Grover Cleveland. Now, you, you recollect that cousin of Ezra Seastrunks that was here one time before? Sure, I know who you mean. Are you done talking to her now? Yeah, sure, why? Well, take the receiver out of your pocket and hang it up there. <laughs> <laughs> How'd that get in there? Lom, why don't you stay away from her? The other time she's here, you got the bragging on yourself and just got yourself in trouble, and you'll do the same thing again. I will not. She just got in town, and she's dropping over here to invite me to take Thanksgiving dinner with her. Why? Did she mention it? Uh, no. Did she talk about eating? Uh, no. Did she bring up the word Thanksgiving? No. No. Lom, if you do go over, I'd suggest you pack yourself a little lunch. <laughs> oh, she'll invite me, don't you worry. I'll work the conversation around to where she will. Yeah, but Thanksgiving will be over by then. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. There she comes across the street now. Oh, look at that walk. Abner, you go back in the feed room or any place. You sort of warp my personality. It was pretty well bent when I first met you. <laughs> Hurry up, Abner, and don't sit back there and listen. Oh, I wouldn't think I Now, listen here, you little snoop. I did, your father. Oh, excuse me, Miss Rowena. Oh, Mr. Edwards. Oh, but it's delightful to see you again. But delightful. Oh, I'm delightful, too. But, too. <laughs> it's so nice being in your quaint little village once more. Oh, it's just quaint as all get out. <laughs> 
especially around Thanksgiving time with folks inviting one another to dinner. <laughs> well, now that you mention it, Mr. Edwards, I was thinking of inviting you over to the Seas Chances for Thanksgiving dinner, but I don't know where I could get any domestics. Oh, well, turkey's plenty good enough for me. <laughs> oh, I'm referring to servants. Well, turkey's good enough for them, too. <laughs> but I am speaking of the servant's problem, Mr. Edwards. You know how one suffers from that nowadays. Oh, does one. I suffer something stupendous from it. <laughs> but if I'd had any sense, I would have brought my chef along with me. The French make by far the best ones, don't you think? Oh, by far. I had them make one up for me the other day. <laughs> oh, do you have one? Uh, what's his name? Who? Well, your French cook. Uh, oh, him. Why, uh, French. I, I call him Mademoiselle Alphonse. <laughs> um, isn't that a rather odd name for him? Well, he's a foreigner, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, yes. Uh, what time is this Thanksgiving dinner going to be? Well, I'm not sure. I'm not used to entertaining in so small a place as the sea stunts And uh, My home in London, uh, Ohio... Uh, <laughs> it wasn't elaborate, but it was adequate. Twenty rooms and a solarium. Uh, what size place do you have, Mr. Edwards? Oh, it ain't much. Just a little 30-room mansion. But it's home to me. Uh, do you have a solarium? No, I never cared much for swimming. <laughs> what time did you say for dinner? Oh, I don't know. I'm so handicapped here. Do you realize that I don't even have an upstairs maid? That ain't nothing. He ain't even got it upstairs. <laughs> why, why, who said that? Uh, nobody. That was just the wind. Ooh. Now, about this Thanksgiving dinner, I, I'd love to have you over to my place, but I ain't got half enough servants to run the mansion right now, and I wouldn't feel right asking you to come over there and rough it. Oh, but I'd love that, Mr. Edwards. Uh, what time will it be? Well, uh, Miss Rowena, you see... Oh, do make it for seven. And thank you so much, you dear sweet boy. But dear sweet... Well, Miss Rowena, but Miss Rowena... Oh, man. <laughs> you shut up. I never said a word, you dear sweet boy. Now, shut that out. How's everything around the mansion? you not to listen, you little eavesdroop. I know. You got the only clapboard mansion I ever heard of. All right, Edna. Where'd all them servants of yours sleep? On that one horsehair sofa? All right, so I exaggerated a little. Oh, I don't know. Man, is the time I saw that French cook of yours standing over a hot solarium. <laughs> Filing up a mess of coon and collars. Abner, don't you realize the jam I'm in? Here I've got to put on a Thanksgiving dinner in a mansion, which I ain't got, with some servants, which I ain't got. This calls for brains. Which you ain't got. <laughs> Thanksgiving ain't but a few days off. Yeah, I doubt if you could build a mansion by then. Not even with Alphonse helping you. Oh, I might as well forget the whole thing. Or to kept my big mouth shut. Amen, Douglas. <laughs> Even if I did have a nice place, I don't know where I'd get any servants. Or, wait a minute. 
Abner? Oh, no, 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 you don't. Now, uh, listen, Abner. No, now, listen, Mom. Abner. No. I ain't asked you anything yet. Mom, in the first place, I can't cook. In the second place, I can't talk French. In the third place, I wouldn't do it in the first place. <laughs> All right, then you can be my English butler. No, no. I'm going to be eating at home that day with my own little family. And they couldn't get along without me. Bless their hearts. Bless their hearts. Abner, you'll be all done at your place for the time I'll need you. No, 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 well, no, 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 that, that takes care of my butler. Now, who can I get for... Wait a minute. There comes Ben Withers. I... I wonder if he can cook. Ah, uh, hi, Granny. Come on in here, Ben, old boy. Just the feller I want to see. Uh, can you talk French, Ben? Well, I'm a few want to learn to speak French. The man you want is Cicero Gundel. Who's he? Yes. <laughs> Look, Ben. All I'm interested in is getting a French cook. I see. And you want to know how to converse with him in his native tongue? No, Ben. I don't. Why? Cicero. <laughs> Cicero Gundel, Mount Idy resident, made an exhaustive study of the French language immediately after the First World War. He wanted to learn the meaning of the words of Mademoiselle from Armateur. <laughs> yeah, well, Ben, I don't... At the end of five years of concentrated study, he discovered that the song was written in English. <laughs> well, why couldn't he have told that in the first place? Cicero Gundel is an Armenian. Ah, <laughs> uh, now the only trouble as I see it, Lum, before Cicero can teach you French, you'll have to learn Armenian. Ben, I told you I don't want to learn no language. I'm just trying to arrange for a Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, well, the place you want to go then is Tom and Minnie's restaurant. But then I the finest short order house in Mount Ice. Tom and Minnie, run by a man named Tom and his wife. Her name is Irene. <laughs> Irene? Well, who's Minnie? <laughs> On Thanksgiving Day, you can get a chicken fried steak there cut in the shape of a turkey wing. Perhaps you've eaten there, Lum. No, I ain't. Maybe you hit it in 1937. That was the year it was closed up by the Board of Health. <laughs> Ben, all I'm trying to do is put on this dinner for Ezra Seastrunk's cousin, Miss Rowini. But I need a batch of servants to do it. Now, Abner here's been assigned to the butler job. I never said I'd sign nothing. And I <laughs> thought maybe you could be my French chef, Ben. Oh, thank you very highly, Lum. But I've been invited over to the Walt Bates's for dinner that day. That is, if they don't go out of town. Wait a minute. Is there a chance the Bates's is going to be gone on Thanksgiving? Ah, dog is Lum. That would be the place for you to sneak into. It ain't exactly a 30-room mansion, but it's the biggest house in town. Oh, I wouldn't think of such a thing. Hardly. <laughs> yeah, call them up and see if they're sure enough going to leave. Eh? Yeah, all right, sure. But don't let on why you want to know for her. Hello? Walt Bates speaking. Uh, say, Walt, uh, this is Abner Peabody. Oh, just a minute, Abner. I'm talking business with the feller here. Uh, hold the phone a second. Yeah, all right. Well, that's the deal then, eh, Mr. Viborg? Yep. And if you folks are leaving tonight, I'll bring my crew in here first thing in the morning and spray this place from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. When we get done, there won't be a living bug of no kind left in the joint. Well, good. And if any new pests get in here, they're in for an awful surprise. <laughs> uh, 
How soon can we get back in the house? Well, I wouldn't come back till a few days after Thanksgiving. But if you do have to go in the house for any reason before that, whatever you do, don't light no matches. Blow you clean out of here. Now, remember, don't light no matches. See? Don't worry. Don't worry. We won't. And I'll see you when we get back. Right. So long. Uh, hello, Abner. Uh, yeah, I say, whoa, I was just wondering if you're going to need some groceries for Thanksgiving. No, no, we're going out of town. Going to debug the joint. Oh, well, you'll enjoy it there. <laughs> Have a nice Thanksgiving and don't hurry back. <laughs> And they're sure enough going to be gone, huh? Yeah, uh, they're going to some place called the Bugler Joint. <laughs> the Bill Junction, perhaps. Well, something like that. Never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, looks like I'm all set, then. We'll cook the dinner right over there in Walt's kitchen. Yeah, yeah. And build up a nice fire in that big fireplace of his. Yeah. Yeah. And light some candles on the dinner table. Oh, wait till Miss Rowena sees all that. I grannies, we're put on the biggest one blowout she's ever been. <laughs> oh, me. Don't expect no sympathy from me, Lometters. If you think I'm going to help you with your Thanksgiving dinner, you got another thank for coming. Hi, Mr. Edwards. It's Peabody. Happy Thanksgiving. Well, howdy, Mr. Now. Yes, it is a happy Thanksgiving for some people. Say, uh, didn't I hear something about your needing help with your Thanksgiving dinner, Mr. Edwards? Well, uh, I'm your man. I'm your man. You are? Well, bless you, Mr. Niles, and bless Frigidaire for sending you here. Now, what about the turkey? Is that quite a problem? No problem at all. For anybody with a roomy new Frigidaire refrigerator, just prepare your turkey a day or two ahead of Thanksgiving and keep it in your Frigidaire. There's still plenty of room for other holiday fixings. A uh, salad, uh, hot biscuits, maybe. Well, salad the same way. Prepare it before you get busy with last-minute cooking. Islam, the Bates has got a nice house here, but don't it seem to you like it smells kind of cutie in here? Yeah, it does, but I think when we start to fire in the fireplace, that'll clear everything out of here. You want me to light it now? Mm, no, wait till Miss Rowena gets you. Yeah, she'll get a big bang out of that. Uh, Adam, you better get into your bottle suit. Lom, I ain't gonna wear that thing. Them britches is for a boy. They just come to my knees. That's where they're supposed to come. And them socks are women's stockings. White cotton lawn, just like Elizabeth wears when she dresses up. Now, Abner, stop fussing. Ben Withers is having to wear a worse get-up than you, and you don't hear him hollering. Why? What have you done with him? <laughs> and he's done nothing. Wait, wait a minute, there he comes now. He's got it on. Is that Ben? Oh, where are they laughing? <laughs> now, don't laugh at him. Mom, 
I refuse to wear this costume. <laughs> I am severing relations with you as of now, and that's retroactive from here on. Then it's too late to back out now. Let's see. I better check on the vittles. Hey, Alphonse. Oh, Alphonse. Yeah, let's see what he's got on. Come in here, Alphonse. Whoa. Hey, wait a minute, Lum. It's Cedric Alphonse. I thought the frigid air fellow was going to be. No, he was, but I found out he couldn't talk French. <laughs> and Cedric can, I suppose. Uh, Cedric, let's hear you say something in French. Oh. <laughs> what does that mean in English? <laughs> Seems to lose something in the translation. <laughs> Alphonse, how are you coming with your chef work? Oh, fine. I've learned two French words already. Oi, oi. <laughs> yeah, but have you got the dinner cooked? Oh, was I supposed to do that, too? Uh-uh. Oh, for pity's sake. Well, it's too late to cook it now. Yeah, you better just run down to Luke Spears' restaurant and buy everything ready-made. And hurry up, Alphonse, because Miss Rowena will be here before long. And Abner, get into your buttle duds. I ain't going to do it now, long. I just plain flat ain't going to do it, and that is final. <laughs> Uh, the seams in my stocking straight. Yeah, they look fine. I might pull them up a little more. <laughs> Boy, and your legs look like two ropes with knots tied in. Well, couldn't I just wear a pair of overhauls, be sort of a country butler? No, you're an English butler. Your name's Hawkins. Abner Hawkins? No, just Hawkins. Ah. Uh, and recollect that I'm a royalty. I'm a duke or a prince or maybe even an earl. I don't know. Now, where did you get that idea? Well, don't forget my name's Edward. I go back to the King Edwards of England. I think. I wish you'd go back there right now. So now be sure and call me the earl and call Miss Rowena something high class like her ladyship or something that'll show her that I'm used to hobnobbing around with the castle crowd. Uh-oh. Hawkins? Yes, your earlship. I do believe our guest has a rodent. I'll get up and let her in. That's your job. I'll flip you to see who does it. I'm a man of few words. When I crook my finger at you, that means come here. Well, I'm a man of few words, too. When I shake my head, that means I ain't coming. Abner, for goodness sake, get that door. Oh, all right, I'm getting it. Oh, good evening, your high-class ladyship. <laughs> Don't you, uh, hip-hip into the parlor, old bean? Well, I, I beg your pardon. Tally-ho and Piccadilly. Uh, Hawkins, just show the lady in and let it go at that, please. And follow me, Duchess. <laughs> hey, Earl, look who's here. Ah, oh, Miss Rowini. Ah, oh, Mr. Edwards. Ah, prattle-prattle. <laughs> oh, but you do have a lovely place here, but lovely. <laughs> oh, it's all right to knock around in. <laughs> Keeps me off the street. <laughs> um, Hawkins. 
I wonder if you'd mind doing something with my pearls. Hello, I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> Little sheep dip wouldn't hurt them. <laughs> Hawkins, just take the lady fur Mackinac and hang it up in the vestibule. <laughs> yeah, I reckon that's the best thing to do, get it out of sight. <laughs> I told Bean, tally-ho and blimey. <laughs> you know, Mr. Edwards, your man has a rather peculiar accent. Yes, it is peculiar. <laughs> what part of England is he from? Oh, you know, here and there. <laughs> uh, is he an Essex man? No, the only thing he's ever driven is Saxon. <laughs> oh, Mr. Edwards, what a lovely old fireplace you have. Uh, might we have a fire in it? Oh, but indeedy. <laughs> a little fire always livens up a holiday, don't you think? Oh, indubious. <laughs> uh, Hawkins. Uh, did you buzz your earlship? Yes. <laughs> Hawkins, will you please catch a match to the logs? It would be a pleasure indeed, sir. Thank you, Hawkins. Not at all. Sir Earl Chip. Uh, got a match on you, Duchess? <laughs> Your pardon, I... Hawkins, find some matches yourself and hurry up. Um, uh, while uh, you're preparing the fire, I, I think I'll powder my nose. <laughs> uh, do you have an upstairs maid? Oh, but natural. Oh, oh, oh Bernice. Wait. <laughs> Hawkins, will you please desist from that gruff oh. And Bernice, will you fetch Mr. Rowena a powder puff? Quite. Uh, never mind. I, I'll use my own. Oh, uh, is it all right if I smoke? Yeah, sure. Go right ahead. Um, uh, do you happen to have a cigarette lighter? Uh, yeah. Hawkins, have you found them matches yet? Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Well, here I think I have a match. That's fine, Bernie. I'm sure I must have one in my pants pocket. <laughs> Bernie. What? Oh, my stars, what's the matter with <laughs> Bernice, you better run out in the kitchen and help Alphonse dish up the vittles. I told him to garnish the plates with a stalk of celery. Now, see that he does it. Well, hey, hey I found the matches. You want to fire up, Duchess? Why, yes, thank you. Hey, dinner served. Oi, oi, come and get it. <laughs> I'll have the cigarette later. Yeah, all right. Sure, sure. Let's get in there. The grub's on. Miss Rowini, would you care to walk into the dining room on my arm? Oh. <laughs> I don't believe she can do it. <laughs> I do hope you've worked up a good appetite, Miss Rowini, because Alphonse has knocked himself out cooking up a batch of high-class French vittles. I hope he has some canapes. Yeah, I got a can of peas and a can of, <laughs> can of harmony grit. There we Hawkins Ah, uh, Miss Rowena, you sit over there and I'll sit here. Um, uh, thank you. Hey, hey, wait a minute here. You ain't set a place for me and Bernie. Of course not. You're the servants, you idiot. Well, I'll be a polka dotted possum. <laughs> 
My dog is a fat ink gratitude for you. Hawkins, just mind your own business. I'm sorry, Miss Rowena. This servant problem of mine is getting worse all the time. Yes, I can see that. <laughs> well, let's dive in, Miss Rowena. Oh, Hawkins, come back here and light the candles. It's getting dark in here. Yeah, all right, all right. Don't know where I've got strength enough to strike a match, so as hungry as I am. Mr. Edwards, I, I hate to bring this up, but my food seems to be all stuck to the plate. That's cute. You're so is mine. That's them French cooks for you. Oh, Alphonse. And uh, if you'll pardon my saying so, it all smells um, like shellac. Did you call me, Monsieur? No, because I can't get these matches to stop. Yeah, I called you, Alphonse. Our victuals are stuck to the plate. And where's the celery stalks I told you to garnish the plates with? Garnish? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> She said varnish. Well, this is dreadful, but positively dreadful. Now, now, Miss Rowena, don't leave. Oh, must be one match in here to light. Miss Rowena, please don't leave. I can explain this whole mess, and I may as well tell you the truth. Yes? You're going to hate me, but this ain't my house, and these ain't my servants. I ain't nothing at all, and I know you'll never speak to me again as long as you live, and I don't blame you. Why, you dear sweet boy... Going to all that trouble just for little old me. Oh, I think you're wonderful, but wonderful. Huh? Bad brain these matches. And to prove it, I am going to give you a great big kiss. Oh, no, now, please. Yes, yes, I'm going Mr. to. Miss Rowena, don't. Yes. I don't, but here's one I like. Oh, Miss Rowena. Miss Granny's Miss Rowena. Do that again. <laughs> Lyman Abner will be back in just a moment, but first, here is an important question. When you're preparing Thanksgiving dinner, or any dinner, wouldn't you like to avoid last-minute rush by fixing some things ahead of time? It's extra easy with a Frigidaire home freezer. Stuff a turkey days ahead and keep it frozen. Store several pies, baked or unbaked. Freeze a supply of dough for hot bread. Everything's safe in a Frigidaire home freezer. It's powered by the meter miser. <laughs> How you feeling by now, hot lip? <laughs> yeah, a little better, but Granny's Abner, when Walt Bates gets back and sees his house, he's going to hit the ceiling. Hit the ceiling? He'll have to find it first. 